Welcome back to the Great Dad Podcast, everybody. You're here with your old pal, old scuba buddy, Jamesy. And old Brando. Old scuba pal, Brando. I'm actually old scuba teammate, Brando. There. There we go. Well, you you were listening the last well, couple I'm of very brainwashed. throughout uh, throughout intergalactic <laughs> cave diving uh, month, yes. 2024. Well, I didn't even have to listen. I spoke it, and uh, and I'm very brainwashed. I'm very indoctrinated into the team aspect. Yes, and uh, I know there are a lot of people out there, a lot of listeners out there, because we did get some messages uh, that are still pro solo. Well, I'm not. I'm not anti solo. It's just for me. I choose to dive as a team. But hey, I get the draw. Of being alone underwater, floating—that's uh, that's something. I don't want to. Pr- I don't want to promote it though with newer divers, like well, I am right now. <laughs> it's great. It's beautiful. It's wonderful being alone. You don't. You don't have to be with some schmuck, you know. <laughs> no, I get the no, draw uh, of it. So yeah, I get the draw too. And everyone has the right. But There's- yeah, I, I'm with you. Like, it's nothing I would promote to a new diver yeah. that's, that's there to learn something. And I wouldn't like, promote going and doing a, an extremely challenging dive, you know, James? Like, oh, a, you know, 200-foot dive or go, go into a cave alone, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because... I was just going to say, I was thinking about this as I was editing last week's like, I don't want to uh, come across as this person who's wagging their finger at those solo divers. You're, you're bad. You're a bad person. Uh, all, all I think our message is, is like uh, the team method of diving or the team approach to diving is significantly safer. That's all I think. And the arguments are. I, I, no, 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 no. And I would say the solo diver, to give some defense to some of the messages we got about pro solo diving, is probably safer than just getting slapped with a buddy on a dive that's already to the limitation of your training and experience to to have to jump in the water, you know, at a point where you're at your limitations and you're kind of pushing yourself a little bit. To have a a buddy that you have to be with that you're not on page with that you're not yeah. working in a team with, I get it. And yeah, I think that's yeah. where a lot of people take the solo route. It's like uh, I've been down this path before, right? You know, Captain Bluefins is going to get me again. Fucking Captain Bluefins, is that what you guys are calling? Are you calling me Captain Bluefins? Behind my back. Listen, you picked the blue. <laughs> I told you to go with the the blacks. Got blacks, but you, you you remember back in the nineties when you know these you know the uh, that that solo diving book yeah you know, remember uh, you know water sport books you know the, the dive publication you know they had the Brett Gilliam deep diving book mm-hmm. and the Tom Mount you know mixed gas, gas book diving. And mm-hmm. the solo book and the art of underwater self sufficiency like like but I don't think this book. Is getting written today. 
No, because the... we've learned so much about team diving in these last 20, 30 years that really didn't exist back at the time of solo diving. So these guys that were doing the bigger, more extreme dives, getting into the, the more challenging dives, it was in many cases smarter for them to go solo. Yeah. Because they didn't want to take on the liability because they had never been in a in a training program that taught the team concept. Yeah, and how, how to do it. Well, they all I shouldn't say they all, but the uh vast majority in the RSTC, I mean, they all promote the buddy dive system, which which there's not a lot a lot more than stay with your buddy in it, you know? That's stay with your buddy. Um you know, remember visibility decreases, you'll have to stay closer, things like that. But they don't really tell you how, right? And they don't tell you about positioning and formations and, you know, these little things and that we use to keep the team together that, that keep you aware of your teammate underwater. Well, I would say that that's probably because something like that takes time. Realistically <laughs> takes years. Yes. To, to, to of perfect, work. Yeah. yeah, to to really perfect and get good at. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And, uh, but so does diving. Period, though, James. That would be my you. reply to that. And and if we're going to teach diving, introduce the the ideas and the methodology behind staying together as a team. Because at the end of the day, the the problem with you know the buddy system versus the team system is the buddy system is just two people in the water together. The team system is two people working together in the water. You know, you're not just there in the water together, quite possibly not even in, in vis visibility with each other or in vision of each other. Does that make sense? Or am I uh, rambling no, 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 like no, I, no, no, I, no, I quite often do? I've been um, known to do. And then when I was six. <laughs> well, you know, actually, we, we do have to give a shout out to Ben and Jeff. Yeah. Particularly uh, Ben from the, uh, the UTD Scuba Diving Podcast, who uh, they just recently put out a Are You Solo Diving as an Instructor episode. But I did get a, a, a message from Ben saying that he was listening to our podcast you know, a uh, uh, podcast in uh, the gym <laughs> with his earbuds as he's uh, in the gym uh, ac across from all these big, burly, weightlifting, strongest man kind of <laughs> large men. And uh, so he's just minding his own business, getting getting his workout in when he bursts out laughing out loud at the just the tip segment of uh, <laughs> and all, all these guys looked at him like, like he was laughing at you them. laughing at you laughing at me with my my large body and tiny it's called butt. a deadlift man <laughs> yeah that's but as good we know, you know the uh i think the solo diving discussion is only going to be a good one you know for for the community at large of uh, constantly working to the point where we can we can go, uh, I, I can learn to trust people if I'm willing to put the time in my training and my education and my yeah. experience building, rather than just not put any work in and just be fine by myself. 
Yeah, and then I'm curious, you know, as far as solo diving, I should go take a solo diving course just to be able to speak from a place of knowledge as far as, you know, really what's the uh, meat and potatoes of it? What's the, the gist of it? Is it, is it hey, uh, make sure you're healthy and, and, you know, cognizant when you go in the water and carry redundant everything? Well, that's kind of, uh, you know, what it is, and especially when you go back to that solo diving book. In many ways, it, it was a good book because it, it did take a closer look at a lot of that, you know. Uh, yeah. It looked at equipment and, you know, what it means to be self-sufficient underwater, and it took a closer look at diving fitness and physiology and you know management of of the like the dive rules and guidelines that you would normally have on a regular dive you know if you're going to go alone make these changes and emergency and self-rescue but as far as a philosophy of being in the water i think it lacked in many ways there because uh, most of these guys you know weren't necessarily doing it for the extra fitness and physical you know human physiology as the as the days went on yeah and when you look at i would i would bet in fact great dive podcast listener poll we haven't had one of these in a while who (laughs) if you've taken if you've taken a solo diving class how many times in your solo diving class were you solo underwater I'm going to bet that you were never, were never solo <laughs> underwater, which is so ironic when most of those solo diving classes will, you know, let uh, an instructor supervise from the surface on an advanced class. But on the solo class, the you're going to do, do all three solo. dives with the instructor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're talking about the solo diving and, and, and I can't help but think about that book, The Last Dive. Uh, that came out, God, it's been 20 years now, something to that effect. But uh, if you haven't read The Last Dive, it's uh, about a couple of um, father-son team mostly is, is what it's the subject matter is. Uh, uh, father-son buddies. Buddies, <laughs> And that's yeah. a question mark. <laughs> but the, the book kind of highlights the wreck diving culture of the eastern seaboard here in the united states especially but I, I i have to imagine most of the world was this way as well because wreck diving is an east coast united states you know specialty that's that's their thing and um their whole philosophy for the vast majority back in those days that were pushing the envelope of depth uh down on these wrecks on the East Coast was do it alone. Uh, most of them went in alone, and uh, or if they went in together, they did the dive alone and told the you know. There's so many instances where the team is just like, okay, yeah, you. The plan is we're gonna you're gonna take this this side of the ship, and I'm gonna take the other end of the ship, and uh, I'll see you back on deck. You know, <laughs> right, right. Because the buddy was a liability. He was gonna uh, mess up your to... visibility. He was gonna get you tangled up and shit. He Whoa. might get the plate I wanted. 
Well, you talk about visibility, I got this broken, James. Chipped one. You got the full plate, you son of a bitch. Well, that and that was it. I mean, uh, it's all about how much loot you can plunder from these wrecks. And when you talk about visibility, they go in with the idea they are going to destroy the visibility. You know, just trodden through this this shipwreck, the vast majority of them with little to no technique, and a lot of them, especially the East Coast wreck divers back in that day, use no guideline. You know, any of these overhead rules we learned from cave diving, they kind of say, ah, fuck that. You know, they go below 100 foot on air. They don't use a guideline at all. They don't go as a team or buddy system. They... Basically, you know, I don't hear anything about lights in any of these stories, but uh, as far as carrying at least three of them, right? Um, so they kind of just said, fuck you to the cave divers who learned all of that and came up with that accident analysis procedure. But that's what I, I think about when we talk about solo diving. I, that just went across my mind was that, that book because there was just so much of it and, and the mentality behind it. Well, you know, really it's interesting emphasized. because uh, in, in that book, the you know, remember part of it was Chris and Chrissy and the, the likes of Bernie there were, <laughs> yes. you know, did go cave diving and learned, learned cave diving and tried to bring some of that back to that community they early did. on. Yes. And a little bit were laughed at. They were actually, I mean, and unfortunately, uh, the, you know, not to give away the, the ending, but a lot of like <laughs> going back to those old ways is what led to the to the ending of that book. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of big names in that that book too. I mean, that was uh, as far as kind of describing the culture of the dive community that were pushing the envelope, the technical diving community that was just budding. I mean, even Michael Menduno's in that book, who actually coined the term and we've had on the show here. Uh, it's it, it's a great book to get the an idea of where tech, if you're a tech diver, kind of where you came from. If you if you weren't around back in the '90s, you know, and and the importance of not only having a buddy, but a buddy. <laughs> I guess a buddy you get along with. I don't know. Well, that's I, what I meant earlier when I said, when you said the, the teenage yeah. father and son, I said, well, buddy's question mark, because in many ways they were yeah, feuding. I, I didn't know him, but man, the way it's described in the book, Bernie Chowdhury, he, he, he writes about them so much, and he was their friend, but this father-son team that... Oh my God! They just fight all the time. They're they're bickering. You know, they call them the bicker brothers or whatever. Anyway, they just fought all the time. You're like, in my mind, I'm going. To, I wouldn't want to be on the boat with these guys. They're not. You're not painting a pretty picture for me. Like, oh, these are guys I go out and hang out and have a couple beers with. Maybe alone, each of them separated from each other, but together, holy crud! Oh, that would have been just a, a, a stressful. Yeah, you just got a boat. I'm surprised someone didn't just like you two shut the fuck up. Just shut up. (laughs) You know, Uh, I'm sure that happened a lot. (laughs) Just didn't make the book. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate to talk ill of the dead. Yeah, that aspect of it. So that that whole again back to take it back to the buddy system. It's um, 
I guess you could say buddy systems. Also, a, a team system is a relationship you're you're building. Sure, yeah, you gotta you gotta build those good habits because and communication generally and communication because generally when you're underwater, you don't get the best of each other. Because you can't talk it out and ease your way through it. You're out of time restriction. It's just going to come out of you. So you're going to get the unpolished, you know. Yeah, the raw. Know, you're going to, exactly, the, the raw version person. of yourselves underwater. So to, to talk about it and think about it, I mean, look at all, you know, you know, teaching team diving like we've done for years. You know, when you're sitting <laughs> up there on, when you're sitting up there at the picnic table on shore, yeah. everything's perfect. Uh, it, it, like, what the hell happened when uh, everybody went underwater? Because you're not going to get the most perfect, refined version. You're going to get the unpolished, unfinished, raw version. Because it takes years to really develop that underwater. Well, that and, um, you know, the <laughs> the fights, the... He said, she said kind of thing, you know. Oh, Although after, it could be he said, he said, yes. Well, what was going on? You know, they just get up and their heads, their their faces break the surface of the water. Rags come out and they start yelling at each other. And um, that's 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 bad, first of all. That's bad. But Well, it's you, growth in many it's ways. Growth, it's it's yeah. growth. That's exactly what it is. And and that you're, you got to also keep in mind, like, if the shit hits the fan – how are you, how, you know, what kind of person are you when you, when the shit hits the fan in the respect of, oh my God, go. my life is being threatened. How, how do I handle it? And knowing, and hopefully, you know, like instructor like you, James, who teaches this whole, we have to move slow. We have to stay calm, especially when the shit hits the fan, not, not all the time. And then when the shit hits the fan, I can kind of forget those kind of that bit of advice, but especially when the shit hits the fan, slow, calm, smooth, uh, will get you through no matter what mistakes you're making. You can't lose your shit underwater. And, um, and that's, that's stuff, generally, yeah. you know, th that arguing, you know, it's, it's often the case is, you know, the person that's sitting there going, you should have, you should have, you should have, you should have, yeah. you, you know, has a taken the time to reflect of <laughs> yeah. like what we've talked in the past about communication being a two way street. Mm -hmm. And it's that feedback loop. And it's that person just assuming that everybody was going to pick up on their signals. I gave you the signal. Why did you not follow <laughs> my? It was perfectly clear yeah. in my head. But you know, take it, it takes time to realize that you know when when things are going on underwater, and you've got to make decisions now due to depth, due to time, due to gas, due to exposure, uh, right? That it's it's easy to think everything's going smooth in your head, and it, but it not get communicated to others. Well, that's a. I think my wife has this disease where. <laughs> Where it's yeah, like she should be a solo diver. <laughs> she probably should. Actually, she would, should be a solo wife. Partly thinking, but she she has this thing where you know she's thinking about stuff, and then she'll say something to me as if I'm in her head with her having a discussion about the same material she's been thinking about. Right. So out of the blue, she'll say. Yeah, I need that blue one or whatever, you know, something, just a comment. You're, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? 
and then she'd say the this, you know, like I knew what the hell she's thinking about. I go, no, listen, I I get you're you're in your thoughts, and you had a whole day doing your stuff and your thing with your people. But when you come here, I I haven't been with you. I don't know what you're talking about. So that that level of communication, as if you know, we know what you're thinking. We don't. We don't. And the, you have to kind of take that to to dive partners, which is kind of like a marriage, isn't it? it? It is in many ways. Yeah, minus the good part for the for for some. I know there's some people out there doing things, but. <laughs> Minus the good part, but hey, it's uh... speaking of which, I got a question for you. How, how did um, how did Valentine's Day go for for you over at the Schwartz? Oh house? well, it's, you know, it's you know? a non non event here. Really, it's you know, every day is Valentine's Day in the, in our relationship. That's what I would say to that. <laughs> Wait, why? What are you? Did, uh, oh, did, here we go. We're looking for a segue. I, I, well, I I'll always... tell you what. I, I spent most of the day shaving my genitals. How's that? <laughs> what are you looking well, for? that's good because, you know, I remember back, you know, you, you did make that New Year's resolution that you were going to shave You're, you're going to keep the, uh, the silver Schwartzes shining through all the year of 2024. <laughs> Where do you come up with these nicknames? The silver Schwartzes, the... That's right, people. Um, It is 2024 in full swing, and it's never too late to get the man in your life, the dive buddy in your life, to level up their grooming game when you're out in there on those dive boats coming up this season. And Manscaped's new Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra is every diver's cheat code to look good and feel good and turn the page on confidence this year. Whether you're going for a trim... Or that clean-shaven look for the accessories that you're going to attach to your appendages this diving season out inside those dry suits. Now's the time to get a grip on your grooming with our exclusive offer. You know it, people. Go to Manscaped.com. Use the code TGDP for 20% off and free shipping. New Year's has passed. The ball has dropped, but don't let your... Dive, buddy. Drop the ball on their balls or buffs for the ladies needing to attach those sheepies this year. You can get nice and smooth with that Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra. Don't forget, it's got those two skin safe blade heads. Standard one for taking off a little off the top, you know, and that new foil blade to go smooth. Wherever your dive buddy's heart desires. It's like having a personal stylus at your fingertips. Whoa. Or, or wherever you need your personal stylus to be. <laughs> All right, everybody, get over there. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code TGDP. Oh, Brando, we, yeah. should, uh, we should actually get to, uh, get to some work today. This isn't work. This is a I've great dive podcast. A- I've got a story for the kids to bring that whole month of intergalactic cave diving month back to the back to the people, back to the new divers, back to the young divers that are kind of getting into the, all this stuff. And they go, yeah, yeah, Jamesy. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure, Brando. I get it. <laughs> Don't go solo diving when you're cave diving, of course. But but you know me and my buddies you know we're just going to go do a little dive here in the keys. 
hey, me, me and my buddies, we're just, we're just splashing off of, uh, you know, Catalina. We're just going to do a little dive. You know what? It, it doesn't matter if we're in a team. We're just going to go diving. We'll be back up in a, in a little bit. And uh, this is a story about a little uh, good old Eric Douglas lesson for life, a recent one that I just, you know, stumbled across called Tide Up. Tied up, get it? Tied is in T I D E or T I E D? T I E D, tied. Oh, okay. Well, tied it, up. We are talking about the ocean and diving, and there's two tides. It's about entanglement. Ooh. Getting tied up and entangled. <clears throat> Quantum and, entanglement. And, are we talking. And, uh... and tangling and. <laughs> panicking because you're getting tangled up. I mean, uh, certainly if you're underwater on a limited gas supply and you get tangled up, that could easily lead to some panic. Even though it says, here, look at right here in this, this chapter, it says, don't panic. See? It says, right it says, there. It says It's actually panic. rule number one. I think don't it comes out in panic. module two of the <laughs> recreational dive manual. <laughs> rule number one in solo diving, Check. don't panic. <laughs> they and, told and I, me not to panic. And I think that's the the little you know it's it's easy to to laugh about it you know with us you know having this show. That's what I like about uh, it. because it's right there. Don't panic. I'm in a solo dive, right? Yeah. Uh, but when when reality hits, it, it, the reality doesn't tend to follow the the book curriculum either. Can I ask you a question here? We we say don't panic in a lot of things. A lot of you know, especially couple careers I've had, especially with diving, almost anything. They say, first first thing, don't panic. Don't panic. No but shit, Sherlock. Do you think anybody who's actually panicking is like, um, uh, they go. Engage I'm, panic I'm, mode Yes, now. exactly. I am going to panic right now. They are not consciously, panic. panic is an unconscious, involuntary Response. reaction to a stimulus that is life-threatening or uh, in your mind, mentally, it's overwhelming. So, And, and not, not, I would say beyond your mind, it's your subconscious. It's a, it's a sympathetic well, nervous system reaction yes. to a situation that you don't have a choice in. Your, your body's going that way, whether you like it or not. Exactly. And this That's is where point. we come to the discussion of you know solo diving versus a teammate. A teammate is going to be your only chance of having – you know, someone to walk you back through what's happening and get you back into the state of mind that we can get past the panic. But to be all alone with just you in panic while you're tangled up running out of gas? Me and panic. We finally got our alone time. Who's your dive buddy? Panic. <laughs> I bring him with, it, with me everywhere I go. <laughs> panic. <laughs> Peter Panic, he's my buddy. <laughs> well, speaking of Peter, I like that. You're going to have to incorporate that one into your uh, your your regular courses. Were you diving with Peter Panic again? <laughs> You're never alone. Just remember, there's Murphy and his pal Peter Panic. <laughs> You're always in a dive team. <laughs> well, this is about Lance. And his buddies. You know, it, it's uh, it's 2024. Th- this is the the year 
of side hustles, Brandon. I mean, everybody's got a side hustle nowadays. You, you can't get by in life without a side hustle. And Lance and his buddies had a side hustle, and they would go out on the weekends. They'd dive for scallops, and they'd sell their catch to restaurants in town. They had this little routine where the three of them would head out to dive while the fourth one stayed on the boat. They all went in separate directions, and they reconvened later when their catch bags were full and ready to uh, go sell at the local seafood restaurant. Yeah, and it sounds like, by your own words there, they had a routine. So this was something they did all the time. They went and basically solo dived. Well, but it uh, it says right here it was three of them. They were diving together. (laughs) Exactly. Well, basically, they went in. They separated. You said they separated immediately. So, in other words, we have that normalization of deviance. So, the the ingredient to a lot of accidents. Peter always goes right out where it's all sandy. (laughs) You're going to find goddamn scallops over there, Peter. Actually, I think they like the sand, don't they? (laughs) Well, on this day, at the end of the dive... Lance prepared to connect his mesh collection bags to a lift bag so he could swim the scallops up to the surface, and that is when he got in trouble. You don't hear the name Lance as much as you, you used to. Shout out to Lance. I had an essential student. Uh, just, oh, yeah. It was that a couple years ago, Lance. <laughs> Lance. Well, that's what I mean. You don't hear it very often, but it's there, and I'm always thinking, is it short for, like, short for, like, Lancelot or Lance? Lanchester or or like you know like Dick is short for Richard it's just like not even it's like Lance my actual name is uh, Emerson (laughs) but you don't think about this but when you hear the name Lance catches my ear Lance Lance I only know a few Lances off the top of my head but the Book of Lance the, from the, uh, not the new, not the Old Testament, but like the Middle Age Testament. This is the Anakian <laughs> area. <laughs> it was one of the, the books excluded. <laughs> but it explains the whole thing, the Book of uh, Lance. Bring, uh, bring me the blue one. He was the 13th disciple. <laughs> bring me, this is why, why you, you only hear from your wife, bring me the blue one. <laughs> Maybe it was you that was going off on the tangent in your head. Well, you're starting to get the picture of what goes on uh, over here. But I wasn't always this way. The conditions that day were good, Brandon. The divers got an early start and rode to an area of eelgrass about four miles offshore, drop an anchor in 60 feet of water on an area with a flat, sandy bottom. They've been doing this together for years, so they quickly geared up, back rolled into the water, descending immediately. Now, like, and a lot of and a lot of people would sit there and go, 60 feet of water, <laughs> clear, flat Pshaw. bottom. Pshaw, Pshaw. How how difficult could this dive be? I mean, eelgrass. There's goddamn eelgrass. I mean, how more rewarding and comforting and peaceful can this dive get? With eelgrass. You know the world's your <laughs> the world's your scallop. <laughs> now the three divers each went in separate directions to avoid interfering with one another. Common <laughs> common thing you hear happen, right? I mean, you get photographers on a dive boat. Yeah. All right. I'm going to the sea fan. I'm going to look for the eels. I'm going to stay out in the blue looking for sharks. 
three different directions, but we're all kind of diving together. Exactly. So a team of three that immediately separates into three solo divers uh, will be buddies again when we're all back on the boat. Yeah. Until then, I I break with you. I break with thee. I break with thee. Lance's buddies <laughs> return to the boat after about 45 minutes with a full catch. But Lance never showed up. Fucking Lance. The divers waited 15 minutes, but they had no extra tanks on the boat. No way to mount a search. They radioed in a diver down alert. What the? Would you? Let me ask you, that. if you were in this situation, obviously you wouldn't get in this situation. But say you did. Say you never... You never met me, and you kept diving the way you dove. <laughs> no. Say you never had any of your your uh, come-to-Jesus meeting with, with team diving, right? And you were doing oh, I, re- this. I remember this. I remember this, Jamesy. Yeah, exactly. I remember, I remember this brand. Way back in the day. Yeah. Go ahead. But what would be going through your mind immediately? Would you be thinking, oh... Uh, Lance is in trouble, or would he go fucking? When I can't find him, I'm going to kill him. Well, I, I bet you these guys are all thinking all of that. I mean, yeah, you, you probably have everything going through your mind Cause, exactly because our routine of we all go down, we all get our catch, we all come up. You know, everything's fine with until that it's not. until it's not. Yeah, and then when it's not, you go fucking oh, Lance. Shit. You know, I mean, and that's where you go, oh, you know, in, in hindsight, I look back uh, on on many of these dives, there was times where this almost happened, but we blew it off because, yeah, we all made it back up and, woo, that was yes. a close call, but no big deal. And we forget about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, a month later or a year later, though, the, almost the same exact thing happens again, and but we get through it and it's, oh, oh, oh that was a close call again. Until Lance just doesn't show up at all, mm-hmm. is is it a problem that we have to really figure out a way to, wow, now we should actually think about, let, let's not let this ever happen again. Yeah, let's change our procedures. <laughs> let's change our SOP on these scallop dives because waiting around for Lance is a pain in the ass, and it's worrisome. Your mind starts going into bad places. And scallops are delicious. <laughs> I love scallop potatoes. <laughs> Local emergency crews searched the area before finally finding Lance on the bottom four hours later. According to accident reports, it appeared Lance had become entangled in the lift bag line. He attempted to release his weight belt. It was unbuckled in the front, but it had become entangled with his BCD and was still hanging behind him when they found his body. Rescuers found Lance with his regulator out of his mouth and his tank empty. Hmm. What about a knife? Cutting device. Uh, uh. In the solo book, it would tell you to carry 12. <laughs> 12 cutting devices. Like our old pal. <laughs> I got to look at that picture and count up the cutting devices because there was a lot. Yeah, this is crazy. This... Uh, uh, the the solo book doesn't have anything about knives in here at all. Are I'm, you, I'm looking, are you no, serious? Nothing in knives, nothing in cutting devices. Like I'm Holy looking through the index. Holy sweet baby. Well, you should mention that. 
And this is the, the revised edition. <laughs> we, well, they had them in there. We said, take them out. It's a conspiracy. Um, according to the accident reports, Lance had two bags of scallops with a combined weight of nearly 40 pounds. Well, he was gonna, he was killing it down there. Oh, he was Liter- literally, and f- literally and figuratively. Trying to surface with that much weight can be dangerous. That's why it requires an extra lift bag. Currents and wave action can cause lines attached to surface marker buoys, anchor lines, and lift bags to get entangled in dive gear. And and single tank recreational BCDs typically don't have 40 pounds of lift on them. <laughs> right, and, and this is also why you don't want to, even if it did, you don't want to use, use a BCD yeah. to lift 40 pounds because if for some reason you drop those it. bags came separated from you, <laughs> you dropped them or something. That's why if you're using, you're trying to lift something, you know, more than a, a few pounds, I mean, everybody's going to recommend you use a lift bag. Yeah. So it can be Mm -hmm. separate from you if something like that ever happens. Yeah. When you approach the 10 to 15 pound range, it's difficult to swim up. So a lot of people start using their uh, their BCD. So as instructors, you tell them, bring a bag, bring a proper lift bag and uh, attach it to that. So you're separate from it. And not even just BCDs can get that way, Brando. I mean, uh, I was... At the quarry last weekend. Testing out those fourth element uh, clubs. Waiting for some students to, you know, hook up some bottles and stuff. And I'm I'm trying to take a couple of photos of them. And, you know, there's all those, like, spikes of of tree stumps. Yeah. Like, skinny little sapling, (laughs) treeling, like, stalagmites, you know, know, coming from the bottom (laughs) of the the quarry. Sure as shit. As I'm uh, trying to capture these guys in the frame, like you couldn't try to do it a thousand times in a row, Mm -hmm. right? But as I'm right above this little tree, you know, back as they're kind of encroaching in at me, I'm backing up, you know, trying to get this picture. And the tip of that little tree goes right up through and underneath my BCD inflator hose. I I, I mean, I come right. I mean, how it like slipped right up there? Because when you look at like a sport BCD, it makes sense because they're usually pretty long. But ours are really short and tight and clean. And but there I was. I I, I snapped that picture. Like, okay, start to swim. Oh shit! Like, are you kidding me? Like in a thousand million tries, I couldn't have pulled that off. I know, I know. I've been there with that kind of crap too, and so I actually just had that happen with uh, another diver. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, entanglement can happen. It's something little like that that turns into when somebody goes, they try to move, and then they get yanked back. Right. And then Peter yeah. shows up, and then Peter shows up. Yeah. So Murphy because was the, there the, because the tree like bangs your yeah. your mask, and then your mask floods, and then you pop your mask off, and then now that boy that spiral is spiraling down fast yeah well that's that's murphy's laws it's going to happen at the worst possible time and then you know so murphy's there and then old peter panic shows up i i I don't know if i like having these little like names for things and people that are like cutesy but they do 
they do illustrate, I mean, this is just how it goes with diving and, and a lot of things like diving that are where, where small mistakes, if they're not handled correctly, can turn into, can snowball into uh, fatalities or worse. Is there worse than fatality? Well, would, yeah. So, yeah, there is. <laughs> so you would, so you might think, you know, uh, newness of diver has a has an effect on some of this too. But it no. says that Lance had a thousand or more dives logged. They don't. That. What they don't tell you is his real name was Lance Cousteau. <laughs> <laughs> he had logged a thousand or more dives. And they had their routine, remember. Don't forget that. Yeah. Once you have a routine, forget now, about it. <laughs> now, Eric says, but repetition doesn't necessarily make a diver more competent. It can often breed familiarity and laxity with rules. Well, what do we say, James? Practice doesn't make perfect. Correct. We say that perfect practice makes perfect. Eh? And also that complacency... Complacency kills. And what else do we say? We say shave your balls a lot on and this we podcast. Say <laughs> one hen in the bush is better than three in the three birds in a pear tree, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Lance and his buddies failed to perform a safety check before the dive. And while gearing up Lance got his weight belt entangled in his BCD. This likely led to panic underwater when he could not jettison the weight. The divers were effectively diving solo, so there was no one who could help when Lance became entangled. Panic underwater. That'd be a good name for a band. Panic at the dive site. There you go. You're, you're a little too close to panic at the disco or whatever that band was. <laughs> But Panic Underwater, huh? Not a bad name for a band. Peter Panic and the, <laughs> and the Scallop Hunters. Peter Panic and the Scallop Murphys. <laughs> I love it. But I mean, uh, so, so they're going to throw the blame here on Lance's weight belt mishap, right? And I, I hooked my weight belt over my you know, over and around my cummerbund. So it's kind of lapped through or, yeah. yeah, but, but it could be anything. Well, and that's, that's a lot of this with the, the quote unquote accident analysis is very short sighted. It's very much like we don't see past the nose in our face and we, we go, Oh yeah. His weight belt got tangled. Oh, look, he didn't put it on properly. Oh, well, there no, you no go. Shit, he yeah. died he, underwater. Yeah. He died. Cause of scout. death. Drowning. Is this not what we just talked about of like had he had somebody saw this on the boat and corrected it, what was gonna come later with getting entangled up before needing to think about dropping a weight belt is still gonna happen. Yeah. And if he did get up okay, it only would have prolonged what we said earlier, the mistake of their routine another month, another year. Right. Well But they haven't done anything to remedy the the problem that they're putting themselves in to begin with. Well, exactly. This is, again, and I bring it up on so many shows because it's a bad problem. It's that normalization of deviance. So you, you 
you kind of throw out some of the things you were taught in beginning, you know, open water 101, because you broke that rule and nothing happened. So you're like, oh, that rule doesn't really apply. I, I mean, I break it all the time. I go, I go by myself all the time. I, I don't do a buddy check all the time. I don't yeah, but dive you have thirds. a weight integrated BCD. <laughs> You'd never make this mistake. You don't have a weight exactly. belt. Yeah. Brandon, what about if uh, I mean, what if his BC inflator malfunctioned? Oh, I mean, we uh, could go through uh, the what ifs, right? And, I mean, and, and then he's got like, the okay, now I can't home. inflate my BCD to lift all this stuff up. I mean, does he ditch? Does he ditch forty two bags full of scalp? You know how much that's <laughs> worth at the at at Peter's Seafood <laughs> <laughs> Emporium. <laughs> No, nobody's ditching all these. These scallops are mine. I'm not ditching nothing. Yeah, the uh, again, it, it's that normal. You, you you skip something, or you make a mistake once, or you completely blow off purposely blow off something you were taught to do. Nothing happens, so that becomes the norm, and it nothing happens over and over sure, and over especially so, especially yeah. as you come to peace with it right i mean yes. I, i'm sure like the first time you know these guys ever did this they tried to stay together right and then like, they're like well let's we can go, go a little bit apart. yes yeah i'll just you put know, the tip you, in. i saw some just, more but i was trying to I'll stay just... by you so I, i'm gonna next time we'll be all right we'll be so it, well it, it gets worse and worse and worse it's this like, is a yeah, this is a, a definitely a just put the tip in moment. This is this is a this is another I'm, just the tip. We're just gonna have unprotected sex a little bit, okay? Just a little, not a lot. Just the tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's easy to do too, though, right? Because most of the time, when you break some of these rules, nothing bad happens. Most of the time, it's not until you've you've come to peace with the breaking of the rule, and then something else goes on because it compounds that you go, "Oh, wow! I probably shouldn't have been breaking that rule all that time." Right, because it's one of those one of the uh, little s- snowflakes that work into that snowball. It's just part of the issue, and it it, it may get the snowball started. Who knows? But um, it all adds up. Eric gives us a couple lessons for life, like usual, Brando. And the first one, obviously, is... Never. <laughs> if you're going to dive solo, he says, for any reason, you need the additional training and redundant equipment to do so safely. If something goes wrong, you must be able to take care of yourself. Agreed. <laughs> Uh, agreed but but again we we go into you can't possibly cover every base every possibility yeah i mean if he put two weight belt buckles on his weight belt there you go you know because uh you're going to be diving in a more dangerous environment that one might pop off quickly i mean that's what i was taught back in the day you got to put two weight belt buckles on see the problem with the redundancy thing is it's not just like you you fix a possible issue by having an extra piece of equipment. When you throw more equipment in, 
you make it more complex. So now you've added complexity to to your diving. So it's not simple anymore. It's well, that's more why complex. I've got a pony bottle strapped <laughs> to my weight belt. And now that's Behind one more thing. Behind the second buckle. And that is one more thing to fail. And, it's got and, 19 cubic feet. <laughs> and this is, uh, this is part of what, what you and I teach and what you and I you know, preach kind of is that, yes, redundancy, good. Simplicity has to be combined with the redundancy. Bring only what you need. Keep it simple. All of those things that we kind of keep in the back of our mind, there's a delicate balance between being redundant and keeping it simple. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with multiple people in the well, yeah. water. Well, that's why you know. Again, I I go go back to when I thought I'm going to get into technical diving. I strapped two tanks together, got a manifold. I shouldn't say strapped; they were in a, you know regular bands. But I put two tanks together of two different colors. It was uh, <laughs> <laughs> they were Faber ninety uh, fives, black and a white. I remember one. them. Remember those? Yes, yeah, with the Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead on them. I remember yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Very good. You are my idol. Um, <laughs> I I learned if one is good, two is better. So if two is better, there by the principle four, of A plus B, <laughs> exactly. Four is awesome. <laughs> four, I'm invincible. You know, and throwing on two complete <laughs> complete setups on each post. You know, so I got one rag, one second stage in my mouth, and then three backups. You Whoa. need air? I'll give you air. You want some air? You want some air? I'll give you some air. You need exactly. some air? I'll give you some air. Come on, I'll give you some air. Two wings, you know, all the stupid shit you could think of. And I went on that one dive in solo in Spring Mill Pond. And uh, I went through my mind in a scenario like somebody's out of gas. What are, or a BC failure, what do I do? And it was such a fucking cluster. I just said, negative. <laughs> this is not going to work. So I stopped taking advice from that mentality of people as far as, because you could see it's not well thought out for reality of, of when the shit hits the fan. Brando, he said, if something goes wrong, you must be able to take care of yourself. Right, so so there's I mean there's that question of is solo diving because I want to be solo is solo diving like just a self sufficiency thing, but in reality, I mean all divers need to be self sufficient at some point, right? But it's, yeah, but I think that is what was bastardized into uh, let's just dive alone because the buddy system is unreliable. Just be self sufficient, but I don't think that. I don't think it's as simple as that, I should say. I don't think it's well, as it isn't. As if you look at any team sport, James, and you look at pros playing a team sport or very good, people that are very good at their team sport, they are very self-sufficient at the job they do. But the game doesn't get won by one person being self-sufficient. You need Everybody needs to be self-sufficient. And that's how a team works is you know how to do your thing within the within – the, uh, within the environment of a team and or within the concept of a team and and so does my teammate and that's how we win that's how we play the game i mean there's a million 
movies that Hollywood's made about it, right? I mean, look, at, if mm. we go back to the Bad News Bears, even. The fucking Bad News Bears. <laughs> you can go anything. Who's that, Tatum O'Neill? You know, you <laughs> right, you, you've got the team. Yeah. Right, and then you get the one superstar hot dog on the team that thinks he's better than everybody else. What about the punky right, right? kid who the wants like, to? Who yeah, he wants to go, and he wants to go, and he's. I'm gonna like leave to go be on the better team. Yeah, because I'm too good for you guys. I'm, I'm better than this. And then uh, it, you know, later in the movie, he's gonna find out that it's not just about your skills it's about can you connect with everybody else to bring everybody out you know everybody else up to to make the whole team better and that that's the learning that takes place is you know yeah it's difficult to be with a buddy uh i'm a great diver these guys don't take it as serious as me i'm just gonna dive alone rather than you know trying to find and build a team (laughs) that's gonna be able to come to your level and make the whole thing that much better Right. And also give you that backup that you need, you know, the backup mind that we talk about all the time, which there's no chapter in the old solo diving manual for that. The backup mind and the backup hands. Well, because they don't exist in the, in in solo, the solo dive, world. right? Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, old, uh, old Lance could have had a, a whole extra bottle down there with him. It wouldn't matter. Wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, he'd he'd just be down there a little, a little, little longer, longer. <laughs> struggling, tied up in his line and forty pounds of scallops. Right. That's a tough way to go, dying with your scallops. Although he's probably in a heaven at a seafood diner. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'll be sure to take that one. <laughs> no, take. No, you won't. You're laughing too much. Like, that's got to stay. <laughs> Lance couldn't know he would become entangled in lines underwater. But he should have prepared for it anyway. There's no indication he had a dive knife with him. A simple line cutter could have saved his life. If only he would have read this book by Robert Von Mayer. Solo diving that I have in my hand right now. The art of underwater self-sufficiency. What's I'm it? Look in the what does it say for here. knives says, and diving? How many you're supposed says, to have? Um, um, uh, chapter two, two. Uh, there's nothing about dive. There's not a dive knife. There's chapter. not let me a che- goddamn check the thing about knives. <laughs> let, me, let me check the index here. Index uh, K. Uh, kelp. Um Shit, nothing, no knives in the index. Let's try cutting devices. See, cutting device. Uh, this is kind nothing of very... about cutting devices. And this is the revised edition I have here. This is fucking so meta right here in the sense of this guy died because he didn't have a cutting device. Some, I mean, that's the immediate, like, let's look at on its face. I mean, the problem really started a long time before that. But... The, the solo diving manual book actually forgot its cutting device because it had no buddy check. I'm sure he wrote the book, didn't have anybody like look at, hey, look over my, am I forgetting anything? Hey, no, hey, James. I've, I've been wearing dive nice for 20 years and never had to use it once. Why even bother? Why, why even put it in the book? 
But it's I mean, just what if added Lance complexity. Had, what if Lance had a knife, but he dropped it yeah. while he was trying to cut his Well, wife? that's why you carry two. What if he yeah, dropped two of them? Yeah, but you know, the second that's one's in a carry... spot that you never can really get to. Well, that's why you that's carry... That's why you put a third, which is nearly <laughs> impossible because it's in the stupidest <laughs> goddamn place because the two easy spots are already taken. Like, so it's it was not the just having one. the extra gear. Yes, exactly. I think that's kind of what we're trying to get across. It, it's... Yeah, the buddy bottle, all that kind of stuff, get it, but that's not the that's not the answer for for many of the issues you can run into. You're you're only looking at it from one point of view and that's only because you're one person. You you need the extra brains, you need the extra viewpoint, you need the extra hands, you need all that. Which is where he says his third lesson is the buddy check. Often, experienced divers become complacent. That's why they get in trouble. Take a minute to run through a basic pre-dive safety check with your buddy. Or even by yourself in the water. You know, do your, do your systems check. Do your valve drills. Do your modified S drills. But Right. I mean, and this is what, you know, you know we have with students all the time that are, that are getting, they're learning, and, uh, you know, you, you run them through like this pre-dive routine of like you're going to go through this, not just to, to show me that you can do stuff, but it's because later on when you have an issue in the water, you need to know that you've already sorted all these possible mistakes out. Mm-hmm. But you still people, you know, you still have people that, eh, eh. <laughs> and then you get down, the, you know, five minutes later, it's like, well, I, all right, so... Watch what's going to happen now. Yes, now we have to exacerbate a, an issue just so you can see what happens when you don't do those. It's kind of the curse of the experienced diver is that complacency. Yeah. Well, it's a curse of life, right? You Doing the same thing over and over and over. Your mind relaxes a little bit. You don't remain vigilant. Everybody needs to be self-sufficient in the water. Everybody or all the divers? All the divers need to be self-sufficient in the water. But, but that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're going, it gives you an excuse to go alone. Right. Doesn't make you a better diver to be alone. I would agree. Right? Yeah. Whether that's because you're on a wreck in over 200 feet of water or you're on a 60-foot dive on a shallow sandy eelgrass eelgrass bottom laden i should say yeah we can have this issue anywhere and it's not that because i'm in 200 feet of water that there's a high likelihood that i could have a have a fatal experience like lance had i mean it the 60 foot dive can easily be a place where you know if you're in six feet of water Eventually, the gas is going to go, and if you yeah. don't have a way to get up, yeah, I don't know how many ways how we can. Are. Yeah, how many ways you can say this, but you you don't know what you're going to run into. You can't possibly cover every scenario, and that's why diving in a team covers a lot more than the solo diving. Well, there you go, people. Um, go check that one out over at scubadiving.com. That's a fun little one. It's a quick little, easy little read. Uh, but I came across that just looking at like some solo diving stuff and just I, I thought it was a good way to relate a lot of the cave stuff we'd been talking about to the to the guys and gals out there. 
that are just doing some basic open water dives, having fun underwater. Just another way to think about how you approach a dive, right? Am, am I am I a diver that that knows I'm supposed to have a buddy, but is inconvenienced by it? So I'm gonna I'm gonna fix that by doing a solo class, or Am I a diver that knows I need more and, and is willing to put the time in to work, not just on a weekend team diving class, but realizing that team diving takes a lot of practice, a lot of work, continued development, and you've got a lifetime journey of, of improvement and better and better diving. And isn't that what it's all about anyway? It's about I the think journey. So. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I mean, all right, everybody. Say, yeah. Well, there you go. There's a little fun one about getting tied up. Tied up with scallops. Uh, Brando. Jamesy. I've got my solo diving book, but not my logbook. We ain't signing no logbooks. We ain't signing no stinking logbooks. All right, everybody. We hope you had a good time, and uh, we will hopefully have you listening and joining us next week. And don't you go changing in the meantime. Don't touch that dial. Remember when they used to say, don't touch that dial? Remember when Batman used to say, don't don't touch that bat channel? Don't he said, same bat th- time. Bat cha- yeah, same thanks. Same bat channel. We'll see you Batman next didn't say it, though. It was the, it was the cliffhanger. It was the, yes. Those were awesome. <laughs>